Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's up, people? This is DJ. Hey, mi gente, this is Ish. And, and this, this is season, season two, two of Better Let Me Tell You. We live. We live. What does that mean? We're recording. Estamos grabando. Que extraño that you didn't catch me singing a second ago. I know. I was trying, but you know, I like to be for it to be organic. I'll repeat it again. It's 5 a.m. and I still can't sleep. Or do you want me to sing Rhythm Divine? We were just talking on how that song, Rhythm Divine by Enrique Iglesias, 20, 20 years, years old. old. 20 years old. Well, welcome to Pero Let Me Tell You, yeah, everyone. Like, womp, womp, 20 years old. This is not America's top 10. It's Pero Let Me Tell You. <laughs> Wait, what episode is this? This is episode 53. 53. 53. 53. Yes, yes, yes. We, we should be like 53 years ago. The number one song in America was... We're not Casey Kasem. <laughs> was Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. Ba, ba, ba. Now I'm thinking of Elvis statues. Of what? Of an Elvis, like a little Elvis statue, a little bust. Uh, oh, no. You don't know why I'm thinking that? Why? The episode of Saved by the Bell. Where oh, when the Elvis statue, the breaks, bus has yeah. to be looking a certain way. It, they break it during a party. and Right, right and it has yeah. to be like a... She knew that it was moved because it wasn't facing... The right way. The, the, the right kitchen. Way. It wasn't yeah, facing yeah, the Saved by the Bell. So welcome to episode 53, everybody, <laughs> of Pero Let Me Tell You. And here we are. Here we are. We are actually in the midst of having done some really cool stuff. We were at the Miami Film Festival last weekend. We're going to probably be there a couple of days this weekend. Also on Saturday, actually we're recording on 305 Day. Uh huh. And this Saturday is actually 305 Day out in the LIA. Uh, the LIA. <laughs> the Hialeah Arts District. And we're going to be out and about roaming like two scoundrels. Mm hmm. As you do in Hialeah. As you do in Hialeah. Bueno, pero Friday. Pero Friday. It's all about pero Friday. So actually, you know what? That's a good, that's kind of like a good topic of conversation to start off. The LIA. <laughs> and I mean, I guess this is a topic that's a little bit more specific to our Miami listeners, or but the rest of you can still listen, or to our listeners who are other places but are from Miami or South Florida. If somebody were to explain, ask you to explain what it is to be a Miamian, 
How do you answer that question? I don't know. Um, it means that you're more than likely always going to be late wherever you're going. True. Um, chances are, if somebody offers to shake your hand as a greeting, you're going to wonder no. what you did to them. Yeah, no, we kiss. Exactly, or hug, or, you know, just warmth. Um, if at least one que pasa you would say quote doesn't happen on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. you're just, you're not even in South Florida. No. Um, For also traffic. Traffic. <laughs> Patelitos. Patelitos. Colada. Guayaba is a really big part of our life. It is a huge part of our life. Yeah. It's funny because I, I was speaking to um, a friend the other day who's a listener who was, he was saying that like he's gone years with having guayaba, if ever. How? I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay, How? in South Florida? How? Well, he doesn't live here. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you left that out of the... Okay, well, yes. And I'm like, oh my God, in South Florida, it, uh, like, everything is guayaba. Like, That's the there's fruit. guayaba cupcakes, guayaba cakes, mm. guayaba cookies. Guayaba um, syrup. Guayaba syrup. Um, Marmalade, jelly, yeah. donuts. Yeah, we put it in everything. I hope they don't have guava suppositories. But no, guava makes you constipated. Oh, so then no, they don't have that. Okay. Yeah, good, no, good. you didn't know that that like, guava makes you no? constipated. But I think it's like guava, like the pure fruit. Like if you eat like yeah, una the, guayaba. Yeah, the, the from the fruit. not the paste. Yeah. Oh. So. All right. So how would I explain Miami? Um. Hmm. Okay, so how would I explain Miami? Um. I think that we're very diverse. And there's a lot of places that are very diverse, like California. Um, and, you know, L.A. is very diverse. Right. San Francisco New York, is very, New York is very diverse, especially right. like New York. Right. But I think that in Miami, we're very diverse. But I think the diversity has a direct effect on everybody's daily life and customs and habits. Because, for example, here, there are a lot of people who are white but drink Cuban coffee. They true, love Cuban true. pastries. They um, and, and that is part of their now their fabric. You see what I'm saying? True, but you could say something similar in New York. People go to bodegas, right? But yes, but but I think here it's more widespread because, for example, New York. Yes, New York has all these like. Uh, um, town I'm, I'm sorry all these like parts of the city and neighborhoods and all right, that right. but that just because you know there's a little Cor a, a korean town in new york doesn't mean that other than when you go there and you eat their korean culture has right. kimchi's not a part of your everyday life has really meshed into your everyday the fabric of your everyday life right, right. um and i think here it, it does it, it the diversity mm -hmm. of of whether it's cuban or or hispanic in general right. really meshes with other people and and also like for example um because we're so many different nationalities here that are Latin American, you know, we can have like pan de bono. Pan de bono is like a staple for us too. Right, and right. it's not Cuban. It's, I believe pan de bono is like Colombian yeah, or so. like a pupusa, which is, arepa, you know, or, or, which are, right, arepa. Right. It, those, those are things that like are part of our fabric, but they're not in our case. They're not Cuban, right. but you don't think about it twice. You're like, just oh, part of arepa. that's yeah. part of being Miami. Yeah. So I think the culture here, when I say that it's a culture, uh, um, like a, a melting pot, I think right. it's a melting pot that melted and then it got like, we threw spices <laughs> in it. Well, no, no, it <laughs> melted and then it hardened again and then it, it's mixed. So it congealed. It, it congealed. <laughs> it's 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 
uh, not homogenous. Oh, okay. Well, there, you go. there you go. Vite. Because, yeah, I think that here it's very much... It, it, it very much becomes a part of your everyday life, the diversity of Miami. Okay. Um, and I think that that makes us unique because, again, I mean, I, well, you lived in New York and, I, I mean, I've been all over the country. And, yes, there are some cities that are very, very diverse. But does that diversity, you know, translate. leak into, translate into your everyday life and your everyday customs? Okay, I mean, here in Miami... I think the people that love Cuban coffee the most are los americanos. They love it. Iflang. I mean, yeah. they, 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 love, yeah, yeah. they love it. And like that stuff that they eat themselves at home. It's not like, oh, let's go out to that Cuban restaurant. Right, it's not you a know. treat. Right. It's like, okay, let's have some flan, you right, know, in the office. Right. But And also, also, which I think I have said this in the podcast before, I can't think of many other cities in the U.S., but I think this is something that's very uniquely Miami that it doesn't matter where you work, whether it's an office, like a, a very legit like law firm, right, right. a brickle, yeah, a high yeah. end law firm <coughs> and brickle, or, you know, in una factoria en Hialeah. You know, when you have that coworker that has an avocado tree or a mango tree and that thing is in bloom, you know that everybody in the office is you're getting, getting an aguacate. You're getting an aguacate in the Yellow Sedano's bag. Yep. You know that they're coming, and you know Maria's gonna come with her five bags of aguacate. She'd be like, "Oye, quién quiere aguacate?" La mata tenía tanto, and I had to get rid of it. Yeah, that that, yeah. that is like such a Miami That's thing. That's true. We don't think twice about sharing. No, and and it's funny because I was thinking that one, one time um, when I worked, you know, in big law. <laughs> you know, here's a right. prestigious like formal law firm. Yeah, y todo el mundo pasando aguacate y mango, and I'm like, this is so Miami. <laughs> Oh, Miami. Epitome of Miami. I mean, can you imagine in, like, you know, New York or in Chicago, you know, somebody in the nice, prestigious law firm on the 55th floor is, like, passing around avocados and, like, like grapefruits. I don't know grapefruit, what they grow there. You know, naranja agria. You know, it's like... <laughs> so take that 305 day. There you go. That's that's the your 305. And shout out to, to Jenny Lee for starting 305 yeah. day. Uh, she started it with 305 Cafecito Time, and it's grown. So, And I have to say that, and, and we've talked about this before here, I think, I don't know if everybody goes through this phase, but I know I went through it, and I know you went through it, that you get, you get a point where you kind of like... You're over Miami. You hate it. You know, yeah. it's like, ugh, the people here. And, I go through it every and, and other the, week. The yeah. traffic, the people yeah. here, ugh. And I certainly went through that phase that I was like, I'm over Miami. I'm over everything here. I, 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 I don't done. belong here anymore. I'm done. And I went away for a while. And when I and when I came back, I'm like, I love Miami. This is me. This this is my home. This is me. Um, for me, it's it's home, but I still have a little love hate relationship with it. Well, but but I think the, you always do wherever right, you're from. Right, it's like family. Wherever you're from, exactly. It's like, it's family. Exactly. But but I think that as in somebody who's now older and has been around and has seen other places, it, it's not only that it feels like home, but and, and I'm sure that to a large extent, this is something that people say from their respective home cities, it, it, it it's very much who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, as a person. It, well, it I, shaped you, of course. It, it shapes you, and I, I identify with it. Yeah, because absolutely. Because... Our, you know, the culture here is very unique to here, just like it is in any other city. Right. But that culture is very much who we are. Yeah, so, you yeah. know. So, oh. Happy 305 Day, everybody. Happy 305 although, day. although it was two yes. or three days ago, pero bueno. Yeah. So what else do we have? Okay. 
I think that affects all the muerte de Luke Perry in any way, shape, or form. I, f- you know what? For me, it's not that I was a huge 90210 fan. I mean, I watched it just like everybody else. But I think what I, I just I was like. He's only twelve years older than us. Well, because I think and he died of a stroke, which I always associate with old people. Well, because I think that what happened is that he's somebody of our generation, insofar as that nine hundred two one zero was a phenomenon when we, well, we were still like we were in like fifth grade when nine hundred two one zero. Well, but by the time it ended, we were still we were in college, yeah, right? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way of ending seeing it. When it started, we were in fifth grade because it started in like eighty nine ninety, right? But by the time it ended in two thousand, we, we, we were in college, so yeah. Um, but you know, the the show in its in its height was a show that was very we were very much part of that phenomenon, and even though they were older than us. You know, by more than a decade, we related to them insofar because again, they were they were the idols of kind of our generation in a way. But I think growing up twelve years seems further away than it does now. Well, yeah, no, but what I'm what I'm trying that's what that's what hit me. What I'm trying to say, what what affects me about his death is not so much the age. I mean, he could have been forty five, he could have been sixty. It's that he was somebody who was relevant in our youth, in like those. Formative kind of teenage mm-hmm. or preteen years, right. and he's gone, you know. And it, right. it, it's like, oh, you're finally you're starting to lose people that like were part of your growing, growing up. up. You right. know, it's kind of like this is probably how a few years ago when David Cassidy passed away, people you know right. from that right. generation right. were like, oh my god, you know, he was this young cute guy who you know what what did he song Puppy Love? Uh, no, David Cassidy was uh, I think I love you. I, I think I love Puppy you. Uh, um, so it's like okay, you know, this person that symbolized youth and you know being cool. Because in the case of Luke Perry, Absolutely. he was like he was our James cool Dean, dude. quote unquote. You know, you don't think of people like that dying. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, well, Betty White buried another one. No, I know. I'm gonna my day off. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Oh, Catherine Hellman. Oh. Huh? Catherine Hellman. Mona. Mona. Well, you know, Mona was. She was ninety. She, I mean, she had Alzheimer's. I didn't know that didn't she know had all, all, no, no, no. had Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. No. It's funny because so uh, he Catherine Hellman, which uh, many of you probably know from uh, Who's the Boss. Right. One Some of, of our, our older listeners may know her also from Soap. So, um, you know that the, you know the first time I saw her, and I remember the first time I saw her was Brazil. not on Who's the Boss. <laughs> I saw her in a movie. I forget the name of a movie, but I saw it in elementary school that. It what the movie is from the seventies, okay. and it was an interview that they did with this lady who was a slave in the nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. She was like a hundred something okay. when they did the interview. Right. I forget the name of it, and it was it was, the movie was about her about the slave. Okay, um, obviously when they. This wasn't like Roots type of thing, was it? No, no, no. It was a movie. It wasn't a miniseries. It okay. was a movie. I, I, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'm going to have to look it up. But anyway, the movie was about this woman talking about her time when she was a slave. And again, I think it takes place either, well, in, in terms of current time, in, right, right. in either the late 50s or early 60s. So she was like over 100 right. when they were interviewing her in this movie. And Catherine Hellman is in, like, you know, when she starts talking about when she was a little girl. Flashbacks. Right, flashbacks, trying to escape the South. Catherine Hellman, um, she, there's a scene that she comes out and that she gives her water. 
Um, and she, she was very angry because, like, the Civil War was going on and, like, her family had died in the Civil War. And mm-hmm. it, it, she was like, it was because of you. you. Like, that is the first time I saw Catherine Hellman. Really? Yeah. But I, and I think that movie is from the 70s. But she still had that Mona hair. Yeah, she always had that Mona hair. Up until about the season 90s. three, yeah, when of, when the nineties came right, around, right. then she had that Cristina hair, <laughs> <laughs> or my mother. <laughs> That's the hair my mom had through the nineties. You know, That's true. Straight and blow dried, you know, touching yeah. the shoulders, a light bang, a little bang, a light That's bang. The, yes. the, my mom had that hair. <laughs> That's when you would see my mom blow drying her hair on Fridays. <laughs> oh, I miss Fridays. <laughs> Don't you remember not too long ago when you were at my house, at my it parents' a, house? It was a Friday, and your mom was blow drying her hair. Some things never change. They don't change. Her hairstyle has changed a bit, but, but she's still blow drying. But um, anyway, no. What what I was gonna say about Catherine Hellman is that Mona, the character of Mona, mm-hmm. uh, I've told you before how I've always thought she was the classy Connecticut version of Blanche, right? Because you know Mona had gentlemen friends stay over, uh-huh. but you never really saw them. No. And she never spoke about it. No. Know? But I guess, I mean, who was she going to tell? Angela? Yeah. She didn't it, want to hear her about her mother's sex life. Yeah, and Angela was a bit of a prude. Right. You know, whereas, you know, Blanche was just, you know, piling them in. No, how to turn style. <laughs> <laughs> Take a number. I love how in the Golden Girls, they use the word slut so much. It's true. They're just basically four old gay men. <laughs> They're like, slut, slut. And I love the episode where Dorothy calls um Blanche a Jezebel. <laughs> You're nothing but a two-rank Jezebel. <laughs> you know my favorite scene which is my I think it's my the favorite one scene. About my Yankee. favorite scene is it's my favorite scene of the Golden Girls and I think it's my favorite scene of any sitcom is one of the Yankee. One of the Yankee. Yeah. Uh Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> and to think you <laughs> you were not going to go to the prom with Benjamin because he was black. <laughs> and Blanche is like Black? Benjamin wasn't black. He was from New Jersey. <laughs> I was going to go to my high school senior prom with a Yankee. <laughs> I love He's like, a Yankee? <laughs> a Yankee? And to think they did that movie of that deadbeat Gandhi when they haven't said a story like this. That is my favorite scene of like any, any episode of any show. I love that show. <clears throat> Mira, para to good writing. That show... Timeless. It's timeless. It, it, it has its moments of pop culture references mm-hmm. that Yo. people may not understand. Yeah. But that is timeless writing. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. So, okay, what else is going on? <sighs> okay, so... You know that we live... I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out the phone for this one, uh, listeners. You're so. bringing on the heartbreak. <laughs> Through the smartphone. I'm singing the Mariah Carey version, not the... Oil. So white snake version. All right. So we all know that nowadays there's like 18 different. I'm picturing you now going trapways that she has on her head. No the video. That if our if our listeners would see me now, I have this like comforter on me. It's almost sub zero in this room. <laughs> I have this comfort. I like to be cold, but I like to be really comfy and cozy. He likes to be warm while it's freezing around him. <laughs> so it's like really cold right now. Because, you know, studios are... We're in a studio. Studios yeah, are cold. Studios you know? are cold. It's are cold. So except, like, except for the one where Christina Aguilera was on the floor. I feel that one had to be kind of warm. Yeah, she was singing a song about her dad. Give her a break. Right, I heard that. So, you know how nowadays there's lots... There's a spectrum of sexuality and people yeah, are yeah. fluid and non-binary and blah, 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 right? Are there people who don't want to be put in a box whether they're left-handed or right-handed? <laughs> no. Have you heard of being... Autosexual? 
Um, no. You want to take a guess at what autosexual? Autosexual. Um. Hmm. Does the word have anything to do with it? Yes. When you mean auto, you mean like automatic, or auto as in O T T O. No, not people who are attracted to men named Otto. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of Otto Frank. Of all the autos, t- <laughs> of uh, and, okay, never mind. As an out, like, like auto. auto, like auto, yeah. People that um, automatically don't. Um, um, I don't have no idea. Okay. So according to this article in metro.co.uk, mm-hmm. and they they've there is an article speaking to a woman who is a self-identified autosexual. Autosexuality is the idea of being sexually attracted to yourself and can also come with being autoromantic, experiencing the relationship with yourself as romantic. Hi, Chico, you're autosexual because you're in love with yourself. I do love myself. I you know, do, I, especially I when we wear turtlenecks. I do. <laughs> Or tank tops. Or tank tops. And and cutoffs. Yeah, I mean Yeah. I mean, how you haven't married yourself it beats me. Well but. it's glad you say I'm glad you say that. Because they talked to this lady who um is now engaged to herself. Okay. The beauty of it is that she's been engaged to herself since twenty fourteen and still hasn't married herself. Mm-hmm. So even she Is now, she seeking her father's approval? Is, <laughs> <laughs> or is she trying to write a prenup? Because it's something that you need to have. Because if she leave your ass, she's going to leave with half. See, all I could think of was that even she doesn't want to marry herself. Yeah. Imagine if she comes to you and wanting to write that prenup. <laughs> okay. So I want to give myself half of everything that I've made. Okay. I, I think we've officially reached... So does she masturbate? The point. Of course she does. She finds herself hot. She masturbates can we, can herself we say, in front of a Can mirror. we say masturbate on our show? Well, it's a technical term. It's a scientific term. Okay. It's not like we're saying, you know... Because they can't say master- masturbation on The View. They can't? Nope. Why not? Nope. What do they say? Like, pleasure Pleasure themselves? yourself, yeah. But oh, they can't okay. say... Ma- and I'm like, but why? Like, masturbation... Here we are saying it. That's like a, an actual scientific term. Right, right, right. Okay, well, we're not on The View, so I'm going to say, yes, she finger blasts herself. Oh, okay. Um, well... Thoughts? <laughs> well... I mean, autosexual can also be those people who marry their cars. <laughs> There's been a few of those. I almost understand that more. I mean, I think an exhaust is hot. It is. I, mean, I look at the exhaust of my car, and I'm like, man, that's hot. I mean, it's literally hot. It's literally hot. It's literally but literally like, hot, right. Dual, dual quadro exhaust turned me on, but that's another story. Um, well. But isn't that just narcissism? Like is it wasn't that didn't we just call that? Well, no. Seriously speaking, I mean, like seriously, like speaking, genuinely, like we can make we can make fun of this till the cows come home. Um, Heifer corporation. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like everything. If, if if she's doing this to kind of be cheeky and thought provoking, whatever, good for her. No, I think it's a real thing. How fun! But if they really want to make this a put it on the spectrum mm-hmm. of sexuality or of you know gender identity or identities, whatever. I mean, I I. I I feel that there has to be a finite. There has to be a. Uh, you know what? You know what? Okay. Actually, no. Either there, either has to be there has to be something finite, and that that finite that could be broad because it could be a spectrum, right? Or nothing at all. What do you mean? 
Just nothing. I mean, because if 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 we're gonna say that there's people that and we're talking now about gender. See, because this is weird. Because is this is this sexuality. It's sexuality. This is sexuality. Yes, yes. So you know, if we're gonna go by the whole thing that sexuality is a it's a spectrum, right? Right. The, the the spectrum of sexuality has to do with same sex attraction versus right and everything hetero, in between. Uh, right. And anything and everything in between. Right. But we're talking about the combinations in terms of you know either same sex or uh, you know hetero right, right, hetero right, right, uh, right. attraction right. but that's within the same spectrum but now you're adding to yourself no but seriously speaking if you're attracted to yourself and you're you find yourself hot and you're a woman so are you a lesbian you know right, uh, i mean right. if, if we really want to talk about it in Let's this dissect term, it, right. right dissect it because then you're you find attractive the female form or are you going to approach but it I from a, but are you going to approach it then the, in the alternative it's like are you going to approach it in a pansexual way and say that no you're not in love with yourself because you're in love with the female form you're in love with yourself because you're open to falling in love with the person and that, that person can be of any I think sex. It's, I don't think it's a lesbian thing. I think it's you're in love with yourself because you're in love with yourself. Not right. not because you're a But man let me ask you something because in that article mm-hmm. no, no, seriously no. in that article no, are I'm they talking it about it in terms of the, the, that's what I want to know. Are they talking about it in terms of uh, sexuality a definition of sexuality. So I I will I will Look it up. Um, they're, they're talking about it in terms of auto-sexuality is, is that, you know, identification of being sexually attracted to yourself. Um, they talked to this lady named Gia Vital. Um, she's engaged to marry herself after proposing in March 2017. I like the fact that she proposed to herself. Uh, after becoming aware of her sexuality at the age of seven, she didn't explore her feelings until she was in college. Now, after unlearning her preconceived notions about relationships and the idea that you have to be with another person for it to be valid, Gia wants to normalize autosexuality. I don't know. I mean, I I'm I pride myself at being an extremely open-minded person, and if this is what these people. Are, makes them happy then you know what you go marry yourself and buy yourself every single what is it the jack rabbit or the <laughs> everything uh-huh. under the knock sun yourself out. knock yourself out but i mean i think that yeah i think that you are severely I, I, okay i don't think that the desire of being with someone else whether it's emotionally or physically, mm-hmm. is something that is socially um, indoctrinated to you. Right. Obviously, there's certain aspects that are. You could certainly make an argument that m- wanting to be married or in coupled. A, or coupled in a traditional relationship, whatever that may mean. And what right, I mean, right. traditional, I don't even mean about like sex. No, no, just sexes, like two, but just a couple of two, a, people. two people and the, the everything that comes with whatever, that. Right. You could certainly make an argument that that is indoctrina- social indoctrination mm-hmm. in terms of learned behavior throughout generations. But the desire of wanting to be with someone, again, both sexually or emotionally, mm-hmm. I don't think that that is self-taught. I think that that is natural. So I believe that her wanting to believe, making herself believe that she can satisfy herself and, you know, she has to unlearn right. 
what I just said in terms of her relationship with someone else, I, I that I don't buy. That I mean, if that's what makes her happy and she wants to do it, then boo boo, you go and you <laughs> you save the, the vows in the mirror if that's what makes you happy. But I don't. Well, if nothing else, the guest list will be small. So 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 she makes herself horny, Randy. Well, this is this is it's from the UK. English, so, yes, so she yes. makes herself Randy. She, she wants to shag herself when she makes herself Randy. I guess yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. Who hasn't looked in the mirror? I mean, I look at all the look, 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 look at all the advantages. She's not going to get an STD. <laughs> She's not going to get pregnant. <laughs> she doesn't have to do the walk of shame. That's true. She doesn't have to worry about not being in the mood. Right. She doesn't have to worry about what the other person is thinking. Yeah. She can go out as late as she wants. Right. She doesn't have to answer to anyone. You know what? You've got the right idea. You've got the right idea, Gia, whatever your name is. You go and you do it. You, you go and you do I it. I invite us to the wedding. We'll cover it on Pedro. Let me tell you. That would be great. Wait. <laughs> okay, but do we have to get, like, just... How do you buy a couple's gift for somebody who's not who's just one person? You just got her one champagne flute. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine doing the engagement session? <laughs> Chris, you have to reach out to this woman and do her engagement photos. Oh, my God. It will look like, like a quinceañera, like, <laughs> engagement session. But, no, it's not a quinceañera. It's a wedding, people. Ay, Dios mío. I just, I just don't... I just don't get why people need this. Like, again, with the labels, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's like, dude, okay, so you're by yourself. That's fine. You're by yourself. You know, but it's like, oh, because I have to have, you know, I have to be labeled as something. It's like, no. No, look, I think that the people that, there are for, many whatever people reason, for whatever reason, they haven't found a relationship. Or don't want and, one. And they don't care to be in a relationship and they're, you know, they, they feel fine being on their own because there is something liberating to being on your own. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. I don't think that's a bad no, thing. No, at all. And you know what? I hate to quote Sex in the City because I have mixed feelings about that show, which <laughs> we will get into another time. But I remember that one time, I think it was Charlotte. There was an episode where Charlotte said, we can be each other's soulmates. Yeah. I think there's certain truth to that. I don't think your soulmate has to be your significant other. I agree. Your soulmate could be your best friend. Your soulmate could be a you know your brother, your sister. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, I... I, I think that the the social expectation that your soulmate has to be your significant other, your husband and your wife, mm -hmm. I think that's that's kind of ridiculous. If it's your husband or your wife, great, right. great. But I don't think it has to be, you know. Um, so you bring up an interesting point because now, just based on what this woman is saying, you know, she has to unlearn all these things. Like, so what she's basically saying is that she's unable to connect with another person. I don't know. I just think it's or interesting unwilling. when you read that she said uh, that she had to unlearn. Unlearn, right? So basically, she's like either unable or unwilling. Mira, she's. You know how I feel about that. She's probably unhappy or was unhappy, and you know this yeah. gives her more power. That's the same way I feel about open relationships. But that's another. That's another. That's another conversation I don't for I don't another have an day. Issue with open relationships. I think if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. Whatever you want, boo boo. And you don't have an issue with one because you're not in one. Well, but anyway, I don't have an issue with them, but I know several people who are, and it seems to work for them. Yeah, I know, and I know people that are in them too. But generally, it started because something not great. Oh, no, happened. no, I'm not, I'm not talking about how it started. I'm just talking about the fact that it it works or worked or whatever. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. I agree, and I don't know if you want to go down the open relationship conversation. <laughs> I agree. I and I think there's people who who are very happy in it and. Again, listen. I, I'm. I'm. You know how I am. If it's two adults and it's consensual and yeah. nobody's, you know, nobody outside of the realm, and everybody's is in agreement, and everybody's in agreement, you do whatever you Absolutely. want to do, you, whatever you want That's to what do, I'm and nobody, even us, pero let me tell you, <laughs> we could talk out of our asses because we don't. You're. We're not them. I just think that a lot of times people that are in open relationships. Especially people that become open later. I just think a lot of times that people that are in open relationships become open because either there was infidelity or there was boredom or there was something that triggered going down that route. Again, if that's what makes them happy, then knock yourself out. Yeah, but as we, as you just said and as we know, I mean, not, you know, all relationships don't only revolve around sex. So if, you know, if you've got your significant other your partner your wife your husband whatever and you know it's it's that relationship that connection that soulmate whatever you want to call it you know and this is just a facet that you're going elsewhere to find and again everybody's in agreement why not no that's why i mean if you want to do it do it i mean who are we at pero let me tell you to say anything um at least on on mic <laughs> well yeah <laughs> Off mic, that arrancamos la tira de pellejo, yes, como dice mi mamá. Exactly. Or as we said about uh, someone that we know, what is it? What was it? Joy, jealousy, oh, and judgment. Joy, jealousy, and judgment. That's how we roll, boo boo. We know a couple of people that it's like they look at you with joy because they're kind of happy with what, what's happening. Know, with what's happening at your success. They kind of wish it was, they were involved. Then jealousy right. because it's like, hmm. Why, why isn't it me? Why isn't it me? Why are they going so many places? Blah, blah, blah. And then a little bit of judgment. Like, hmm. You know, you should be doing other things. Right. Right. So you should be building another empire. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So. All right. What do you got on the docket? So uh, by the time this airs, Pero, uh, Pero <laughs> Friday, <laughs> a lot of you have probably watched or have heard of the Michael Jackson documentary. Yes, I saw part one. Okay. So did I. Um... And it, it's kind of it's kind of now like this whole thing, similar to the R. Kelly documentary, mm-hmm. uh, where we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about things we already knew, right? In terms of Michael Jackson, and now a lot of people, obviously, due to the Michael Jackson documentary, you know, whether it's online or just a discussion like we're having here, people are talking about it again. You know, um, 
So I guess in terms of, well, for those of you who haven't seen the documentary, yes. it's it's from the perspective of Wade Rob, um, Robson, yes. which, as you said, the greatest <laughs> revelation. The greatest revelation of that damn documentary is that he's Australian. I did not know he was Australian. Like, I literally turned to Jose, and I was just like, wait a minute, he's Australian? Yeah, he's Australian? I didn't hear anything for but the next 10 Brittany minutes. But he's Brittany and Justin's choreographer. <laughs> um... And then I forgot he the other guy's Joey name. Joey Fatone in the pop video. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the other guy's name. Um, um, oh God. But there's, an, there, there's another guy who, who who claims that Michael Jackson sexually molested him when he spent time in Neverland and so on and so forth. So, again, although the allegation... You know, the story is not new in terms of these allegations put forth against Michael Jackson. We're now talking about two new people who are giving very specific accounts of what happened. And they are very, very specific. So I guess the, very specific. I guess the topic of conversation is as follows. Now, with Wade Robson, as some of you know, he actually defended Michael Jackson in his 2005 James Safechuck. That's the other yes, guy. Yes. Wade Robson defended Michael Jackson in, in the 2005 trial uh, again for uh, child abuse and um, child sexual abuse mm -hmm. um, that Michael Jackson was going through at that time, which he was acquitted for. After Michael Jackson dies, Wade Robson comes out with these allegations. When Wade Robson um, defended Michael Jackson in 2005, he was a full-blown adult. He was probably in his, what, mid-20s? Yeah, he's 36 now. Yeah, so, yeah. so he was about in his mm -hmm. mid-20s, yeah. and he defended him. Um, the other gentleman did not. The other one did not. Correct. And now, uh, shortly after Michael Jackson died in, two Michael Jackson died in 2009 and 2010, Wade Robson came out and said that, in fact, Michael Jackson did abuse him. So... I guess the topic of conversation is, obviously in the case of Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson is no longer with us, so he can't defend himself, right. nor does he have a rep or somebody that can defend him. He's been, he died almost 10 years ago. Wow. So, I know, right? Crazy. So, what are your thoughts on these, and, and I guess this will open the door to the conversation of documentaries, which we kind of touched on yeah, in our episode. previous episode with, uh, the, with, with Punisher, Punisher, with Gabriel. What are your thoughts on, like, this documentary where it, we have only one side? And I'm trying to talk about this objectively. Absolutely. Right? Because, you know, we're not saying that we don't believe these guys. We're not right. saying that this didn't happen. But in terms of a documentary, you know, when you are presenting these allegations, which are very, very serious about something that's very delicate um, and very destructive, what are your thoughts in terms of you know, in this case, or like in many documentaries recently, mm -hmm. that it's one-sided. There's absolutely no rebuttal. My first question is, did the filmmakers reach out at all? No. Okay, they didn't no. at all. Okay. Because that's, you know, if, if you reach out and somebody says, we're not going to participate, then when? What are you going to do? I think in the case of Michael Jackson, it's also very... It's very different in the sense that we're talking about somebody who's also been so overly documented. Mm -hmm. That I think on some level, everybody feels they know him. Everybody feels they have some... In, as sheltered as he was, everything has been covered. Whether it's by rumor or, you know, interviews with Martin Bashir or, or, you know, what have you. I think there's also something to be said for... In a documentary like this, you're not uncovering, I guess... You're not really uncovering anything new. Mm-hmm. Because, again, these allegations have come up before. So it's not like nobody had ever heard of it and we need to find out what's at the bottom of this. But 
you know, you're just putting the focus on the experiences that this, these boys had. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's a documentary in the strictest sense of the word of let's explore this and let's present two sides. It's literally just tell me what you experienced. It's more just, you know, here's the camera. Talk to me about what happened. Not, you know, and let's let's look at it from different angles. So I, I agree with you. I think documentaries should be multifaceted. I don't think that this was ever the intention from the beginning with this documentary. Oh, no, no, no. This was not. No, no, no. But I'm saying I don't think it was ever going to be. And I think it's because it's such a well-worn topic that right. it was like, what am I going to say that's new? And he's dead. So it's like, what, is LaToya going to come out and be like... Michael never did anything. He didn't even like to pet my snakes. You know, like what, I love how is, your version of Latoya sounds like all of them, but sounds like Latoya. Well, it's because Latoya, Michael, and Janet sound alike, but right. they sound different. But different. At the same if time. you really listen, they sound different. Yeah, yeah. And that was spot on, Latoya. Was, well, thank you. Uh, I saw her on The Masked Singer. Um, <laughs> is Latoya trying to build a brand? By the way, I don't think Latoya has reached out to me yet. So you know. No comment. No comment. Talk to my mother, Dina. <laughs> About the brand. About the brand. She was trying to build the brand on Celebrity Big Brother 2. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and your Lindsay is I love your Lindsay. Um, <clears throat> look, I think that this, and again, we talked, we kind of talked about this last um, week. Mm-hmm. I think this era we're in <clears throat> about documentaries and especially documentaries that are skewed one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it's not even whether they're skewed right or wrong. Just or, with, with a bias, with a bias, period. I think they're dangerous. Because the problem is that when people finish watching a documentary, they feel kind of empowered. Like they've learned everything. They've learned something. They know. They got to the bottom of this. You don't think most people jump online and, and do a little Google and Wikipedia? Maybe some, but what you're Googling is based on what you saw. No, right, but, like, if I see something and I Google right, but, 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 what happened with blah, blah, blah. Right, like, but, but exa- for example, in the, in the Michael Jackson one, you know, if you go and Google Wade Robson, Ch- Michael Jackson right. rape or child molestation, what's going to come up is that. The newest. I mean, you're not going to look up Michael Jackson documentary rebuttal. I mean, and... I think that that's a little bit of a dangerous territory because, mm-hmm. again, and, and I said this last week, I've always loved documentaries. If you yes. go to my bookshelf, you'll see I have box sets of documentaries on, like, ships, on ocean liners, on presidents, on stuff like that. And documentary- Your 45-minute documentary about grass growing is just isn't it, isn't it riveting. It is. Riveting. And <laughs> I don't have that documentary, by the way. Um, and, like, A&E would make these, like, great documentaries and TLC, but those documentaries... Back when they stood for Arts and Entertainment and the Learning Channel. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but those documentaries were informative. Right. Right? Whereas you always had salacious documentaries. Documentaries now have... It's kind of like a platform to to present something in a skewed way, whatever way it may be, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, many, many times I watch documentaries that's, like, totally my train of thought. Right. But, but I know that it's skewed. Right. I know that it's skewed. And, and my fear of that is that the more documentaries are being produced, and actually, it's funny that we're talking about this because when we recorded the show last week, the two days later on CBS Sunday morning, they were talking about documentaries. Forty-one minutes. Whoever had that in the pool, you just won. 
Okay. My CBS Sunday Morning reference. Yes. CBS Sunday Morning actually had. Actually, I texted you when I was watching it, and I go, "Do you remember I texted you?" And I go, "Documentaries." Oh, that's what that was. I was watching CBS Sunday Morning. That's why I I you texted just, you I, on I Sunday a, morning. I, I get a text at like eleven a.m. that dude just says documentaries because i was watching okay i was watching it i was a little behind i had dbr'd it so i was like maybe i don't know 45 minutes behind and they were talking about documentaries i'm like gonyo we just talked about documentaries and that's why i texted him documentaries (laughs) never mind that's us um and they were saying how like the i think it's like documentaries in the last like four or five years have gone up by like 60 percent Oh wow! Yeah, and they wow. have they're you being said pro- it last they're episode. being produced like left and right, whereas before they weren't. And you know, some documentaries are fun, like our favorite, the Fire Festival. Right, right. You know, but you know, a lot of documentaries are very either political or in the case of Michael Jackson, you know, making mm-hmm. allegations about, against someone. And you they know, carry weight. Yeah, that's very dangerous because you know what? In a case like Michael Jackson or R. Kelly, you could say like, well, you know, they probably did it. So and Michael's dead. And Michael's so... dead. So what's really lost here? Okay, right. but. That's not always going to be the case. Right. You know, you're going to have topics and you're going to have allegations or, or matters that are a little bit more complex on people that, you know, the opinion, the widespread opinion of someone can really affect them. So, right. you know. No, no, I don't disagree. And I, but I will say this. I I do believe both of these these guys. I don't think anybody's going to go out of their way to make something like that up. And I say, you know, a lot of people, oh, but he defended him before. You know, even though Michael Jackson never recovered, as we've said, from the scandal, Michael Jackson still had power. I mean, Michael Jackson was still a powerful person. And I can understand, I've seen enough SVU to know that people can be afraid of their abusers. Oh, no, Into adulthood and be intimidated by them. And then you add the layer of fame and superstardom, Mm -hmm. and that's a whole different level. Right. So, you know, once this person is dead... Mm -hmm. This person can't hurt me anymore. Right. So I I can understand how that could. Oh, be the absolutely, case. absolutely. I just think that I, if I was a filmmaker, I would, I would have included a little bit more. Somebody from his estate. I would have at least reached out, or an attorney, or at something. least reached out, reached out something to have a rebuttal or a different perspective, even if it was bullshit, even if we didn't believe it. But I I am of the opinion of mm-hmm. that if you're going to make a documentary about something, in this case, you know. Um, sexual misconduct or child abuse child sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and it's going to be the story of these two children right well at the time children then as a journalist you know because i see i see a documentary as enlightened kind of extended journalism maybe maybe i'm seeing it in the wrong way maybe i'm not you know maybe maybe nowadays documentaries are more entertainment Right, 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 right. I see it as more educational and investigative. journalism. Investigative journalism, educational. That's kind of how I've always seen it. So I, as a, the filmmaker, that is how the spectrum that I would use. I would have a rebuttal. Even if, even if it was Jermaine Jackson coming out there saying that it, it didn't happen. Right. At the end of the day, you, the viewer, you decide. Right? right? right. And I think that if you make it well... Th- People will know have a dialogue have have a dialogue, but people will know what they need to know, mm-hmm. and and in this case, you know, if people believe these guys, and these guys gave very good like I was specific floored. accounts, you know, you're gonna be like, okay, I saw both sides, I saw these guys speaking, as you said, they can't make this up. This, I mean, 
I believe them, then great. You know, you 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 came to a conclusion based on what you were given. But, you know, and again, my, my worry of this is not so much in the case of Michael Jackson or R. Kelly, because, again, I, 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 I especially hate to say it about Michael Jackson because, you know, he's such an icon for it, us. It, it hits so it, hard for me. He, he's such an icon for us in our childhood, in our, you know, teen music years, yeah, musically. Just, he's some, somebody who's so so important and has so much to do with, you know, legacy our, and our, our formative years. Yeah. But this probably did happen. And and it hurts you, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. It happened, and yeah, you know. But well, I documentaries. Say, I, I I was reading an article, and I kind of agree with it. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna. I can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore, but I might be a little bit more selective with some of the songs. Like, I don't think I can listen to Pretty Young Thing anymore. <laughs> Repeat after this. such a good song. I know. <laughs> or keep it in the closet. Tenderoni, you got to be. Like, I, you know, sugar just... baby fly. You know what my favorite song of his is? Guan. It's gonna surprise you a little bit. Okay, wait. Then let me let me try to guess. My favorite song of his. I Early, mid, love or it. late? Late. Late, late. Mm-hmm. Is it the posthumous song? No. Um. Although I love that nobody liked "You Rock My World," you know you did, and everything. You know. Okay. My favorite song of his is um, "A Given to Me." Oh, that's a good song. Love is a feeling. Give it with a warning. Because I'm me. on fire. Give it to me. Quench my desire. I love that song. One of my favorites with is the it? slash. Oh no, it's a uh, guitar. It's, I love it. It's funny because I like, yeah, I kind of like his rock, quote unquote. Song. I love them. I love Dirty Diana. Oh, Dirty Diana's awesome. So good. I like... Like, you put Dirty Diana and Black Cat back to back, and I'm in heaven. Like, like off the wall in Thriller, I like more for nostalgic reasons. Right. But because musically. that was when we were kids, and it was so big. And... But this, I really love Dangerous, that album. That's a, As an album? As an album, I love Dangerous. Album. And Bad, I love Liberian Girl. <laughs> I didn't know that song existed until like 10 years ago because of you. Because of me? I love that song. I didn't know that song had video, much less that it existed. Liberian girl. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> now that we're talking about this, we could ex- extend it. As far as like Michael Jackson goes, and uh, th- I guess we could shift the conversation in terms of icons. I think that we were probably one of the last generations... To have these, like, mega icons. Dude, watching the footage of, of Jackson concerts, that people se tiraban, estaban gritando, llorando. Mm. They would chase the car for, like, miles. Only, that doesn't happen nowadays. The only person I think that comes close is Beyonce. And even still, I don't think it's the same. Because what, what I try to explain to people is, like, Michael Jackson and and I'm talking about Michael Jackson and Madonna because that was our generation. Correct, correct. Michael Jackson and Madonna were like a phenomenon. It was like everybody liked them. Like they came from Mount Olympus. Yes. From the young kids to La Abuela, everybody loved them. And when they would do... See, took his grandmother to see Madonna. I took my parents to see Madonna. To the Sticky and Sweet tour. And my mom was like, A mi me encanta Madonna. (laughs) And her and my dad were dancing. My mom's favorite Madonna song is like a prayer. And really? <laughs> yes. And you see her dancing así with no rhythm. And she's like, Me encanta esta canción. Me encanta. Que música más linda. <laughs> um, 
Anyway. <laughs> um, but I, I've explained this to, like, I've tried to explain this to, like, people that are younger. And I'm like, you know, it, the clo again, Beyonce. It, the closest one I can think of is Beyonce. Imagine Beyonce times, like, ten. Yeah. Okay. Because these were people that, and, and you can make the argument that, like, there have been other pop acts like whether it's the Spice Girls or the New Kids mm -hmm. on the Block or more recently One Direction, but those are teen quote unquote acts. right, and those had a shelf, a shelf life. life. Yeah, they yeah. within a couple of years, you know, and that's nothing to take away from them, especially you know the girls. Spice Girls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they weren't something that were either multi generational or 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 lasted for decades. Right. But you know, like Michael Jackson and Madonna, especially in the eighties, I mean it was something that was like everywhere. It was, it was part of like your everyday life. Yeah. You know? I, I remember when and it, it was something that like for example, for I remember both had Pepsi commercials. I clearly remember when Madonna came out with Papa Don't Preach that she had cut her hair yeah, and that was like her first pitch change yeah. like I, rem I, I distinctly remember being a kid at like I think my uncle's house and everybody there was talking about it yeah like if be and again she I'm, gets I'm, a haircut and it's I'm news. talking about Beyonce because she's the biggest one that I can think of like currently right. like if Beyonce cuts her hair do you think that like your grandmother knows that or that like, no. you nobody nobody's gonna care nobody's right. gonna care I mean obviously her fan right right but it's, it's it wasn't that thing that like Everybody knew, and I again, I can't think of anybody. I think it's also because we have a lot more platforms now, so everybody's off in their own in their own silos. Whereas when we were growing up, there was fewer maybe just TV channels even maybe so everybody knew maybe because I mean things. I think those phenomenons like Michael Jackson, Madonna, The Beatles, Elvis Presley, I mean obviously they're not a lot of them, but those like icon right, but right, right, right. but again I I I think that they were. I, they were the last ones. We were, I think, we were one of those last generations. Hey, Daddy, tu habla. The next icon is Halsey. No more. Oh, such a chiquita. When songs come on the radio, I'm like, what is this? You know, there's people that are young. Like, for example, you know what? I don't care so much for his music, but I totally get a Sam Mendes. I totally get Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes. I Sean like Mendes. Sean, I like Sean Mendes. But I totally get it. You know, he's young, he's good looking, he plays a guitar, right, right, girls right. like him. I think he writes his songs. He's, yeah, he, like he, I totally get it. Right. You know, I, I don't care for his songs. Tea, but you get it. But I get it. You know, and there's other people that come and go that I'm like, okay, I get it. But then there's some people that it's like, oh. But then I think, okay, those these would have been like equivalent to like Skilo when we were yeah. <laughs> in high Willa school. Willa Ford. Willa Ford, <laughs> you know, like when we were younger. Hoku. Oh yeah. <laughs> they Hoku. She made Hawaii proud. I, I, I'm sure she did. But yeah, I mean, I I don't think they those people like that will ever come again because, or at least they haven't because those were people that it's just not that their songs were popular. They defined a generation culturally, uh, and and I. I, again, Alocio, the only person I can think of that comes close, I wouldn't put her in that arena, but comes close is Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. I'd agree. I remember that last year when she played Coachella mm -hmm. on The Breakfast Club. They were saying that she, they considered her after that performance the greatest um, performer that has ever lived. And I like Beyonce, you know that I do, but I disagree. That's a big statement. That's a big statement because the thing with Beyonce is that Beyonce puts on a hell of a show. I mean, I've seen her live several right. times. 
But there's something to be said, and this doesn't take away from her artistry, but there's something to be said when you have a hundred background dancers and you have pyrotechnics and you have a huge screen right. and you have ten outfit changes and you are flying across the stage. There's something to be said of when you put that spectacle together. Right. And, you know, when you have somebody like Michael Jackson that with just the moonwalk kind of like stopped the world, you know. Right. Madonna had a comb bra. And, you know. Right. It's like, okay, is she really the best performer? I mean, doesn't take away from her, but whatever. So, yeah, Michael Jackson and Madonna. I'm glad we lived through that through that moment in pop culture. Yeah, nostalgia's not going to be what it used to be as we as we get older because there aren't as many shared experiences anymore. Yeah. The same with television. That's what I'm saying. Nowadays, everybody's going to... The only shared experiences people will have moving forward is going to be like... Award, American Idol. Award, well, award shows. Like, <laughs> no, The Four. What is it? Oh. I still don't understand how that show works. How, how did American Idol come back? I don't think anybody was looking. I think they just started filming it and hoped nobody would notice. <laughs> that was back. <laughs> yeah. Katy Perry was bored. You know, Lionel Richie had nothing to do. Oh, that in the voice. Jesus Christ. And you know that I'm, I was totally Team American Idol. Yeah. I loved American Idol, but it but had its time. It had its time, and like when the last like four or five people that won won, and nobody knew who they were. They didn't have a hit song. The writing's on the wall. That's it. And then yeah. you know, bring it back a year later. That's what kills me. And the same thing with the voice. The voice has not produced one. Not one. one. Not one. Because American Idol has produced. The American Idol, say what you will, has produced and not stars. just winners, like, not just winners. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and from all realms, right, you know, right. whether it's Broadway or um, Cat McPhee's on TV or was on TV, uh, and, theater, television, music. Right. But I mean, uh, the Voice. No, no, no. I can make that to the Voice because when the Voice is on, it's like, oh, it's the live finals. Oh, it's the boxing match. Oh, it's and then you know Blake Sheldon and you know Adam Levine and Levine get into their stupid fight. You know that's all fake and rehearsed. And, you know, they, oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> and I'm like, Kelly Clarkson, why are you there? You're so much better than this. <laughs> it's probably part of her NBC deal that gets her the talk show. This, oh, uh, this no, yeah, whatever. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm all sure. tied together. Yeah, it's all t- but it's like, Kelly, you're so, like, above this stupid banter. But that's what you do nowadays. You're a judge on a thing. You're a judge on a thing? You're a judge on a thing. That's how you make your money nowadays. I wasn't happy when Mariah was a judge on a thing, I want to tell you. I don't think Mariah was happy when she was a judge. No, she certainly wasn't happy when she was a judge. (laughs) Forget you, Mariah was not happy. Shit. Anyway, so is it soda time? It is soda time. So, do you want to go first? No, I always go first. You go first. Well, I'm asking. I'm being polite. So, excuse me. So, my last soda actually goes to... The um, Heifer Corporation. It's not the Heifer Corporation. It actually goes to a local wine company. Dean. They're called Little Wings. Little Wayne? Little Wings. Like ali- like pequeño, Pequeñas Alitas. Uh-huh. And actually, I know um, it was started by a couple. And I know the husband. And basically, it's because... In, I'm, gonna, I'm basically just going to read from the, their website right now. Uh, in February of 2015, their daughter, Micaela, was born at just 24 weeks gestational age. Despite the efforts of the doctors and staff in the NICU at Miami's Holtz Children's Hospital and Micaela's fighting spirit, their daughter passed away after 11 days. Mm. So their passion for wine and its craft led them to the idea to produce a vibrant, unique, and little wine to commemorate their daughter 
and raise funds to help bring hope to families of other NICU babies. Mm-hmm. So Little Wings is a wine. They they produce very limited, um, you know, amounts of, of the of each bottle. They just released, a, I think it's a rosé. Um, and then all the, well, not all the proceeds because they have to, you know, put some of it back in to keep making the wine. But um, they do know, they, the, the, with every bottle of Little Wings, um, the NICU program, local NICU program, gets about $20 of everything that, that they buy. So, you know, if you're somebody who likes wine and you like to, you know, give back and, and help a local company that's doing something to honor the spirit of their of their daughter, they've since had another child, other children, mm-hmm. and, and they're fine, um, littlewingswine.com. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Wow. I feel so stupid now about my last Coke. <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh. Well, there we go. Well, um... I'm sure yours is nice. Is, is my cool. last Coke goes to a TV program. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. It tempers it. Because mine is a little... You know, yes. Mine is bittersweet. Yes. And I've had, you know, some more... Um, yes. Yes. Tenderoni, you got... <laughs> I was a tenderoni. Sorry. That's a great song. I'm not going to stop listening to it. I'm sorry. That's a great song. PYT is such a good song. <laughs> Of like the old like oh yeah, off no, the no, wall. No. Oh, yeah, I, I like that one even more than Rock With You and Can Stop Till You Got Enough. I love PYT. I like Rock With You. Because it's like, like straight R and B. Anyway, um I'm gonna give it to the show The Enemy Within with Jennifer Carpenter that premiered on NBC this week. <laughs> Alright. And why? <laughs> it's uh it's a CIA FBI show and okay. I love Deborah Carp um Deborah Carpenter. She was in on Dexter. Dexter, right? Yeah, um she, she was, Jennifer Carpenter. I was calling was, did you hear what I called her? Called her Deborah I Carpenter. called her Deborah from Dexter. <laughs> that was her name. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She played his sister on the show, right? Yes, yeah. and they were married in and real they were life. Married in real life. Uh but I actually really like her. Or you remember her from the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't remember that movie. You don't I, remember I, that I know movie? I saw it, but I don't remember it. You don't remember her? You know, the main act, the main star of the movie? Um, no, no, no. It's a CIA show. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's really good. So she um, she was in she was in the CIA, and she uh, is in jail for treason. Ooh. But now there is a new threat in the U.S., and they must use her. Is it Phyllis Diller? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, a Russian threat in the CIA, and there's, you know... Some people that have been killed, and now they must use her and her expertise to try to crack and find this guy. So it's kind of like a blacklist? Yeah, but I like it more. Okay. I like I liked the blacklist when it started, but then it got a little bit, like, weird. It happens. <laughs> it's been on, the, what, what, seven years now? Six, I don't know. It, it feels like 25. Well, there you go. <laughs> James Spader just keeps getting more bloated. And then, you know, the thing with the blacklist, and again, I like the blacklist, but sometimes... And I love James Spader, but James Spader sometimes goes on and rambles and rambles, and I'm like... Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is network television. Well, no, John. I was listening to an interview once with John Cryer, who's uh-huh. apparently friends with James Spader, and he says that one time James Spader left him like a voicemail. Uh-huh. On, he had like a tape recorder. Uh-huh. He kept the tape. He's like, the man talked for like twenty five minutes. Yeah, and that was just, hey, hi, how are you? And yeah. kept going from there. So yeah, it's called The Enemy Within. It's on NBC. It airs Monday nights. It's actually a really good show. Check it out if you like that type of thing. Hopefully if the show is picked up and runs for many years, it ends better than the other show she was in, Dexter. Because I spent six years of my life, I wasted six years of my life on Dexter, only for him to end up as a lumberjack. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. Sometimes you become a lumberjack. I'm not over it. And let me tell you something. Yo estoy sazonado. Oh, no. Because today I saw... (laughs) 
the trailer to Game of Thrones season eight. And let me tell you, people. I mean, the trailer doesn't give shit. The tra- it doesn't say anything. It's just people walking, like, looking at the-, the trailer. Doesn't give a shit. But let me tell you something. I told you during dinner. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been more excited about anything in my entire life than I <laughs> of Game of Thrones. And I'm excited, but like, like scared you're, shit. You're hesitantly excited because if that show messes up and does not end well, and I don't even know how. I don't know how I want that show to end. That's like the bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if the last episode at one point everybody just turns to the camera, like like in mid scene, and they're just like. Thank you for watching. And they, <laughs> they wave and cuts the black. They go, and that's it. There'll be riots. There'll that's be it. riots. And that's it. That's the end. I'm going with a Molotov cocktail, and I'll be like, no, <laughs> Westeros forever, Kingsland. No, I, I mean, people that watch Game of Thrones, people who don't watch Game of Thrones, you're weird. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, you're not gonna obviously get it, but people that watch Game of Thrones understand me because they know what we're going through. <laughs> they feel your pain. They feel my pain. It's pain. It's pain. It's been eight years. It's been eight years of struggle. That's all I have to say. So, <laughs> Game of Thrones. But wait, that wasn't even my that last, your last soda. That was your last soda last week. Your last soda this week is uh, Enemy Within. So, Enemy wait, are you going to come to my... I don't know if I'm having a viewing party, but if I have a viewing party, you should come. You know I go to the opening of a letter. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. I don't know if I'm having... Yeah. Maybe another friend of ours who's into that show should have it because she doesn't host shit. <laughs> I always have to end up hosting shit because nobody else is host shit, and she has a bigger house, so whatever. Anyway, that's an, that's yeah, but yours is more party friendly. Yeah, but you know everybody has that friend. But anyway, everybody, we hope you listen, laughed, and learned as always. And remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your jupinha. And thank you so much for joining us. But right, let me tell you, bye. bye. I just wanna see the lights. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.